Welcome to the True Safety Podcast with Apollonia Rockwell, where each week you hear from safety industry experts and leaders discussing safety culture, team development, and the future of the safety industry. If you are looking for help with your safety program or have questions, head to truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am here with Lance Murray. Did I did I pronounce your last name right, Lance? How do you pronounce it? Uh, Murray. You can Murray. leave me out of it. And, and I am so excited to talk with him. He's with Mark Young Construction. And I have so many questions for you, Lance. And first of all, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Well, the reason I'm so excited to talk with you is one, I know that you're a respected safety professional and your mindset on culture has just really, how did you say it before we started airing? Um, culture drives compliance. Is that what you mentioned? Yeah, I'm I'm a big believer in culture. Um, you know, compliance. I I've been in this industry for, for 35 years now. And Safety used to be about going out and beating people over the head with safety and, and pretty yep. much people start resenting it and yeah. you don't get very far with it. So I'm a big believer that if you've got, if you can build a good, strong safety culture, it just pulls compliance right into the, the mix of everything that you're already doing. Wow. And how, this is the million dollar question. How did you get into safety? So you said 30 plus years, but so take us back and the listeners back to the beginning. How did you get started into safety? It's a, it's a long story, but I'll, I'll try and keep it short. Um, back in the late seventies, early eighties, um, and there was some stuff in between there too, but sure. I was working for Pepsi-Cola um, in the okay. Central Valley in California. And uh, I was, it was a bottling plant and I was a security officer uh, on the plant. And in those days we would count the bottles going out on trucks in the morning and then we would count them coming back in. Okay. Um, but we were having a staff meeting one day and it was about the time that Cal OSHA was, was really growing and enlarging and, and the whole enforcement and compliance thing was coming into play and they needed somebody to um, write a safety program for the plant. Mm. And I kind of looked around and nobody was raising their hand. <laughs> Do we have any volunteers I, to write the safety um, program? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. Um, so that, that was really my, my first exposure introduction into you know, what a, what a CFR was and, and what, you know, all, what it was all about. And so I really kind of dove into it. And then eventually I got out of it. Route sales looked like a really interesting thing and it paid a whole lot more money. Um, turns out I wasn't much of a salesman. So I backed out of that and kind of went into construction for a while and absolutely loved construction, but I loved the safety stuff that I was doing at Pepsi. And so yeah. I eventually found, found a way to marry the two um, and got into construction safety. So wow. a number of years later, here I am. Oh my goodness. And when you started, I love how you mentioned this in the beginning is when you started, maybe the culture or the general safety perception was Hey, if you're in this industry, if you're a safety professional, your job is to go out there and be a safety cop. 
and to push regulations, you know, as far as your perspective, your experience was that people were hammering regulations down people's throats. You obviously saw that that was not an effective way to move the, the culture and the company, the company safety program forward. And so how did you start seeing this safety culture shift? When did you see companies or employees really start to buy into the safety program? Because I think so many people are listening and they're thinking, I don't know how to shift my company. I don't know how to take them to the next level when it comes to the safety. Yeah, and it's not always an easy transition um, because culture, everybody wants a quick fix. Right. Everybody wants the silver bullet that's going to change their number of injuries from 15 to zero. And I don't think that silver bullet exists. Um, Culture is one of those things where you've got to put some deep roots, you know, into the soil and it's, it's gotta be stable enough to support it. So that when I leave or when your safety person leaves, that that culture continues on. It's not driven by a person. Uh, it's driven by this is the way we do things in this organization. And so those things just, it, they take years. Yeah, and it's, it. it's a slow progress. Um, and a lot of times, depending on who your management is or who your owners are, um, you know, you can, I, I could fix things overnight. You know, if, if if I talk to our, our owner into saying, hey, if we can go an entire year without an injury, let's give everybody a brand new Ford F-150 pickup. We could do that. And I guarantee you, we will have zero injuries. <laughs> you're right. It real. It won't be sustainable. And you're going to have a culture where somebody's going to cut their finger off and they're going to tuck it under their shoulder and say, nothing happened here. <laughs> um Absolutely. You know, with safety, we want it to be real. We want we want to prevent injuries from happening. And I think I think most owners and most organizations, that's ultimately what they want. But a lot of times we want that quick fix at the same time. We want somebody to come in and say, hey, these are our policies and procedures. This is where we're going to do things from now on. Mm-hmm. Those are hard things to those are hard things to overcome when you've been doing it for 50 years the other way. The other way. And I think that that's a great message for everyone is to know that if you're on a mission to change the culture, it's not going to be an overnight fix. It's not going to be a quarterly project. It's going to be, I'm sure you align with this belief, but it's not a safety culture in a business. It's just the company culture, right? And I would say as you're, if, if you're a safety manager in an organization and you're developing over time the culture, the safety culture of that organization, you're effectively changing the culture of the organization itself. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a safety culture that you're affecting. You're also affecting the organizational culture. Oh, gosh, I agree. I agree so much. And you, um, you did a keynote a keynote speech and what was that around um where was the what was the conference again um it was EHS today magazine they did an annual conference and this was i think it was it was this last year so it was the first one they had done completely um remote 
Got so it. it was an online and it was basically the same conversation we're having here today. It was about culture and compliance and how do the two, how do the two fit together? And how do you see, um, you know, what are some of the things that you've seen organizations really put in effect that have helped drive the safety drive the safety program, drive the safety culture? I mean, is it certain programs that help? Is it um, an aligned belief from leadership? What are the, the must-haves to drive a safety culture forward just from your experience that you've seen? Well, I, th- I, think, I think the first thing you have to have is, is the desire for management. The desire and the understanding that this is where we're at and the reality is this is where we need to be. Mm-hmm. And for those guys, those upper management, your CEO, uh, in our case, it's going to be project managers, vice presidents, for them to have that understanding that we need to improve. This yeah. is where we are, but the reality is, I mean, we're a construction company and we build buildings. Um, there are owners out there that, that won't even take, let me put it this way, five years ago, before I came here, we had owners that would not take a bid from Mark Young Construction because our safety program was not where it should have been. We, had, we were having too many injuries, um, too many recordable injuries, not right. just injuries themselves, but recordables that go in the OSHA log. Um, so those lagging indicators are one thing, and we can we could probably talk for hours again on leading indicators and lagging indicators, but management has to understand that, hey, safety is also a, it's a profit center. It's not a cost center. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're doing millions of dollars of work today because of our safety program mm. that we would I, not have had five years ago. How I, I had that question asked me so many times is, hey, I'm a new safety director or I've been with the company for a few years and I'm seen as, I'm seen as, like you said, the cost. I'm, I'm, my department is costing the company money, my training. I'm always having to create a pitch to get a new program or training pushed through. And so how, what is your, when you mentioned that, um, that we are the, the profit center, like, can you talk more about that? How can someone frame that to leadership a little bit better? Um, I think it depends on the industry. Okay. Um, for us, it is, it's a pretty easy sell. Okay. Because of the people that want those lagging indicators are, are OSHA, your insurance company. And for us, ultimately, it's the owners. Right. And so if, if our numbers aren't where they need to be, if they aren't at least as good or better than than our NAICS rate with the, with the BLS. Mm-hmm. Um, the owners are just looking at it and they're going, I'm sorry, your numbers are too high. We're not taking your bid. Sure. And uh, that's, that's what I've seen. Yeah. That is definitely my world and construction with, with trucking companies or oil and gas companies. Miles, miles driven without an accident. You know, those, those things all come into play when you have owners that are, that are demanding and, and they want it a certain way. And if you're not meeting their expectations and they're not taking your bids, then you're losing out on all that, all that profit. 
Mm-hmm. Now, for other industries, if, if you're making widgets or you're delivering products from point A to point B, you know, whatever that may be, that may be a harder number to define on how you're, um, how you are a, not a cost center to your organization, but a profit center. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are certainly ways to do that. Um, you know, looking at uh, your experience modification rate, it's, it's all those lagging indicators. And as much as I don't like those numbers, they do hold some value in them in being a profit center for your organization. This, I don't know why this just came to my mind, but we're talking about lagging indicators, leading indicators, and I'm just thinking about people in the midst of all this and, and the employees. And so let's say that leadership management, say that they are on board. They do want to take their, they want to take safety serious. They want to take their program to the next level. And so how how have you been able to rally up the troops to, to believe and get excited with what you're excited about? How do you get the boots on the ground? Just what are some ways that from your experience, your wealth of experience, what are some do's and maybe don'ts as safety professionals that we could uh, implement or not implement when getting everyone towards go, trying to go to the same vision? Develop a relationship. Develop a relationships with your people. Um, there is there is nothing more. I, I think there's nothing more important than developing relationships, building a level of rapport and trust with the people that you work with. It can be work related. It can be personal related. It's 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 finding commonality. Mm-hmm. It's it's getting in and working with the people that. For me, I've got 33 projects going on right now. And I'm a person that normally we run 15 to 20, maybe 25 projects tops. But right now we're at 33 and it's killing me because I don't have that regular interaction, face-to-face conversations with the people in the field. And when I first came to work at Mark Young, I probably spent three months just developing relationships and I'm sure I'm sure the people I'm sure the people in the front office and stuff were looking at it and they're going what's this guy doing he's he's not doing anything with safety you know all he's doing is going out and you know yakking with people all the time but that's ultimately that's what's driving that relationship and, and that culture within your organization is are those relationships because if I'm just going me... out and I'm go ahead, just, go ahead. Sorry. If, if I'm just going out and I'm just beating people over the head with safety all the time, pretty soon it just gets to the point where we go, oh, here comes Lance again. <laughs> hey, <laughs> put that stuff over there away so he doesn't see it. Yeah, let's just do the bare. Yeah, let's just get this. Let's get the site visit over with. And yeah, then it doesn't accomplish anything. It doesn't. It doesn't develop roots in the soil. So, um, I think so it's that all that... about relationships all about relationship. I think that your answer there answers so many questions, so many uh, questions that surround, how would I, we get this question a lot. What should I be focused on my first, my first year into safety? I, I just started at a safety company or not a safety company, but I just started in the safety department at a construction company, at an oil and gas company. Where should my attention be? And it's really interesting because the safety professionals that we've had on this show, 
I love what you're saying. Not one person has said, we're going to do a gap analysis on regulations first and foremost. It has always been, I've heard gap analysis and my mind went to compliance, but they're like, no, like about culture. Do a gap analysis on culture and see where everyone's at and then start building relationships. And so I couldn't agree with you more that if, if the people that you're working alongside know you and you know them and they sense, I mean, we're smart human beings. Everyone can sense whether you, Lance, really care about them or not. Right. And when they know that you're looking out for their best interest, then they know you're giving them, when you give them feedback, it's good feedback. And right. it's feedback to help them and not hurt them and not hinder the project. You're not there just to you know, shove compliance down anyone's throats you there because you care, you want them to go home safely. Right. Like they return to work. And so I okay. love that. I love that. It wasn't a program. It was you know, like the first thing is to get to know the people. Yeah. Awesome. A, a gap analysis is important. Yeah. There are two ways around it. I mean, when you're coming into an organization, you need to know what it is that we're doing and what we're not doing. But, but the people in the field don't care about that. Oh my gosh, you're they're, right. They're the, ones, they're the ones that are doing the work. They're the ones that have the exposure. Right. They're, the, they're the ones that have the risk. And if, if, if you look at an organization and you go, well, what's, what's an acceptable number of injuries? And you say, well, zero. And they go, well, come on, let's realistically. No, no, realistically, zero. Well, isn't isn't one okay? And I go, not if you're the guy that got injured, not sure. if you're the guy in the field that is depending on his income to take care of his family mm-hmm. and and do what he needs to do to you know go home at night and make sure he comes back again tomorrow. That one is not acceptable. It's it's always going to be zero, but it's safety is all about the guys in the field. that's that's where your risk is that's where your exposure is Mm -hmm. um you know we can we can talk all day about you know safety culture but safety is is all about preventing injuries to your people and And if you start losing morale especially in today's environment if your morale is going down in in your in your organization because of safety boy that's not a place you want to be yeah yeah. We want to we want to hold on to our good people because in today's environment they're too hard to find. Absolutely. And speaking of morale, how did you help push the culture, drive the culture forward during COVID? Tell me about your experience working in the safety side of an industry that, I mean, all of us were affected, whether we were directly in an industry that was impacted or not, every single one of us had personal ties to what was going on. You knew that your guys and girls in the field had mind, had their mind could have been somewhere else during a period of time, or you knew that everyone's families were being impacted. And there was, there was this sense of, of, being afraid and, and being afraid of the unknown. And so how were you able to push 
through that and keep the morale up, not just with you, but every everyone around you when it comes to safety? How what was your experience like during COVID? You know, for for us, I don't I don't remember seeing it as as too big a deal with our with most of our people in the field. Um, wow. There was there was concern there, but we, you know, initially when it first when the whole thing first kind of broke out, um, you know, I went around to each of our job sites. Um, we we do day and, and night shift both, so we have day projects. We do a lot of remodel work for uh, Kroger and for um, Walmart, Sam's Clubs. So those those projects are usually night night shifts. So I would go out on a night shift, and we just have a sit down meeting with our crews. And say, hey, here's here's what we know about COVID. These are we kind of stuck to the facts of what we knew as far as the science goes and how contagious it was. These are the protocols that we've developed internally, and those product protocols, you know, were changing, you know, every other month, so to speak. Yeah, um, just meeting on, with the team frequently, you know, based on recommendations, but constant communication with our field guys. Um, because having them work in, in those public areas like Walmarts and, and King Supers and things like that, um, they were, there were some legitimate fears there, sure, um, sure. but we talked about it. What can we do to protect ourselves, um, doing the daily health checks and, um, you know, the, the PPE, the masks, and a lot of it was, a lot of it was store requirements. Um, that we got through. But I, again, I'm going to come back to the relationship that you develop with your personnel and having that rapport and trust with them um, that when those guys sit down with me and we talk through it, you know, they walk away with a, a level of comfort and understanding of this is kind of what it is. This is how I can protect myself and my family and, um, you know, the people around me. So it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. And that's what I hear you saying. Um, that's a constant theme in, in our conversation today is just going back to constant communication and building that rapport and relationship. And obviously that worked for your team, your organization, because you said it didn't, you know, morale didn't get that bad, you know? And I think that from what I'm hearing you say is just that constant communication with the team just really held everyone together and what that can do for a team during the tough times of any organization or, you know, when, when people go through it. And so I think that, I think that going back to your relationship and letting people know that you care about them and have their best interests just does magic for an organization and the last thing that I wanted to ask you about is just, what are you up to? What, um, today, you know, what are you really excited about? And are you, are you super passionate about tr uh, uh, training on the training side? Is it the, the site, the field, uh, work and projects that you're involved with or what lights you up? What do you have going on? Oh my gosh. Um, this summer, I just feel like I'm trying to keep my nose above the water. Because you guys are probably busy. Oh my goodness. Super busy. And then summer brings in, you know, the school projects because kids are out of school. Um, and so those are short duration um, schedule driven projects because you've got a begin date and an end date. And there's a lot to do in between. And so I think for me, it's, 
it's managing the schedules because when when schedules get tight and we get towards the end of a project and we've got a punch list with 30 things on it to get done, that's usually when you start seeing safety stuff get pushed to the side a little bit. I was totally going to ask you that during these times. So what do you do to, you know, your trends, you know, you know what to expect for the most part, you know what to watch out for. And so when you're approaching a busy season like this, what are you personally doing to doing a little bit different? Um, usually on a job site, you can feel the tension in the air when, when, when things start coming, push and shove to, to get things done. Um, okay. You can usually feel that. And that's a time where I, I'm going to step in and I'm going to go, Hey guys, I know where we are in the schedule. I know we've got 30 things to get done here in the next couple of days, but let's not move outside of our realm of what's an acceptable risk and what's not. And again, risk is one of those things I could talk about all day too and and how risk and safety play in together. But when I start seeing those things going on, when I get out of my car and I'm going to the job trailer and the superintendent's coming the other way and he's doing this thing and I go, hey, how's it going? And he's like, you know, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. It's like, oh, come here. (laughs) Let's have a conversation. (laughs) Let's time out. Let's have a conversation. Let's see where everyone's at. And I, I, I think you can get that in, in most any industry. It's not just construction. Yeah. It's, it's I don't, if you're making widgets, you know when when you can feel the tension in the air. You can tell when schedules are getting pushed, Absolutely. and you've got a short amount of time with a bunch of stuff to get done in the middle. Mm-hmm. Those are those are the times that you've got to you've got to step in and go. Hey, let's. Let's develop a plan here. Let's make sure we've got some open communication and dialogue going on. Let's make sure our planning for not just today, but for mm-hmm. tomorrow and next mm-hmm. week, we're mm-hmm. looking at our, our job hazard analysis, um, you know, looking at the tasks that we have to do and identifying those tasks and what can go wrong. And let's make sure we mitigate those, ta- those risks and those tasks. Yeah. And I, I think that, Going back to if you have a solid relationship with people with I know you have a large team, so it's even hard to know every single person. But generally speaking, if you have a great relationship with boots on the ground, then it makes sense what you're saying. You know when the the tension is in the air, you know, when someone's off, you know, when someone isn't acting the same way they were yesterday or the week before, and you maybe need to pull them aside just to see what's going on. And so I think what I hear you saying is just the foundation of knowing who you're working with and knowing, building a relationship, building that trust with somebody, then you're, you put yourself even in a better position to help them when maybe they won't be able to see it themselves. Yeah, and without those relationships, you can't have those conversations. Right. Because you don't know what's going on at home. And I I personally don't want to know everything that's going on at home. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice to have that relationship where it's a casual conversation, but not an intense conversation about, you know, if your spouse has cancer, that would be really good to know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to interject or anything with that in the in the in the mix of that conversation, but at the same time without that relationship, 
how am I supposed to know what's going through this guy's head? Sure. Is he, is he, because on a job site, every tool, every piece of equipment, every chemical on that project has the potential to seriously hurt you or kill you. And if your mind isn't on task, those are things that we need to know and, and develop a way without the relationship. I don't know how to help this person make sure that they're focused on what it is that they're doing. I was on a job site. This just happened this week. I was on a job site this week and there, we had a subcontractor on the project and I just walked by him and I go, Hey dude, how's it going? You know, kind of gave him a fist bump and he goes, Oh man, <laughs> let me tell you. And I personally, I don't know this guy from Adam, but he, yeah. he just started opening up to me about, you know, his, his boss's expectations and he's got, you know, a new guy over here and a, and a crusty old guy over here. And, and I go, you know what? <laughs> Breathe. Let's take a second and just take a second together. Yeah. And after, after we had that conversation, it was like, Hey, you know what? Thanks very much for talking with me. I feel a whole lot better right now. Wow. And that oh just took his, his mind from being out here and it brought it right back in to where he was focused on what he needed to do and keeping his guys busy and focused on what they need to do. Wow. I think that is a huge takeaway for anyone listening today is that we have, we have, maybe if you're not going through a busy season right now, we have summer, we have a season change right now. And with summer going on, I see the inactive summer activities and just the different weather and atmosphere people's minds might be a little bit different than when they were where they were at three months ago. And so right now, a huge takeaway would be to do a check-in with everyone on your team. And I love what you just said, a, a quick, simple check-in, even if it's with a sub, someone that you're not even working with on a day-to-day, say, hey, how are you doing? And that can lead you don't even know where that led, you know, that conversation was huge for that gentleman just to get that off and then get his mind cleared and and get back to work. So there's power in conversation is what I'm hearing you say. I love what I do. I love being a safety manager. (laughs) I love construction. It's just every day is different. Yeah. You never know what you're going to run into. Absolutely. I feel like your love for the industry comes from your love from people. And that just speaks a lot about you. And I think that, yeah, I'm so excited. I'd love to continue this conversation. And I, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for meeting with us. And if anybody, anyone listening has any questions, any follow-up, then you're more than welcome to contact Lance. We'll put the links to his, uh, to his social media or how to contact him if you have any safety questions. But other than that, Lance, thank you so much for joining us today and have a great rest of your day and weekend. You too. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the True Safety Podcast with Apollonia Rockwell. If you are looking to save time and money with your safety program this year, we'd love to hear from you. Head to truesafetyservices.com slash podcast to schedule a free call with our team, where we will help you identify the biggest opportunities for growth in your company and safety program, and we'll connect you with the right resources to help you grow. Again, that is truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. If you know anyone who needs to hear this episode today, click the share button and send them this episode. 